Keep the change, you filthy animal. Where is the beef? Hey, how you doing? Hold on to your butt. Feels like an RV snack. Mine. Son of a... That's gonna leave a mark. Chili, baby, back with Well, what if there is no tomorrow? There wasn't one today. This is Tom and Jim's Top 5. Naming their top five lists on everything pop culture. Celebrating the 90s, sports, movies, music, and more. They're not authorities, just grown children. Here's your host, Tom Skull and Jim Doubt. So we were uh, waiting for a table, and uh, since it's a kind of a college town, um, this kid was like checking my wife out from behind. Because right now she just looks like she has a, a like a, a volleyball in her shirt, so she was just he checked her out from behind and then he walked around and kept looking and kept looking and then as he soon as saw her belly, his eyes just got like the size of saucers and immediately turned and walked away. It was, I almost spit out my beer. It was hilarious. That's awesome. Um, it, it would been fun even funnier if he thought, oh, uh, I haven't seen her in about nine months. Yeah. Well, it was like her walking around a college town was like a cautionary tale for all these girls. <laughs> look, look, this is what happens. This is mm-hmm, what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Cause, cause and effect, everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, should have listened to your mother. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. How you doing, buddy? I think we're recording. So I, this is, uh, hey, this is Tom and Jim's top five. I'm Tom. I like it when you introduce me. Okay. Hello, like, everyone. This is like Tom your, and Jim's. I like to be introduced. <laughs> this is Tom and Jim's Top 5. I am Tom. And that uh, soulful, beautiful, heartwarming, uh, <clears throat> something-touching <throat> voice, <laughs> that is that is Mr. James. Middle name here, Doubt. How you doing? You know, it's just, good, it's just good to be here, you know. Is it? I'm just... I'm just I'm just excited. It's funny you say it's good to be here because you're in your own home. You were not together. I know it's really good to be here. Yeah, I, bet. I know. I'm on my couch and drinking with my favorite person. Oh, that's nice. The cat? Yep. Yeah. How's that cat doing by the way? Any hairballs? He's today? he's alive. Thank you for asking. Yeah, oh, he's alive. Oh, well, mm-hmm. sorry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry to hear that. Um cool. Cool. Well, yeah, it's been another week, Jim. Jim, how's the weather in the old the land, the Cleveland? It's mild. It's uh, it's mild weather. Pretty much all the seasons are mild except winter, and that's a shit show. Right. Well, that's what again. Those Great Lakes not so great mm-hmm. in the winter. I'll tell you that. Nope. 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 Oh yeah. Uh, let me tell you. Let me tell you a fun story. We yes. Uh, so like I was saying, my wife and I went down to to Athens, Ohio. She went to University of Ohio, yeah. which she calls OU, which I say no. That's in Oklahoma, right? And then we fight about it, and it's all fun, and then we we laugh about it. It's mm-hmm. it's a great time. Yeah, I'm sure uh, so we go laughing. down there. Probably not. We go down there. It's a beautiful school, beautiful campus. It's like that all American university you picture with like brick roads and old brick buildings and ivy everywhere. It's really pretty. So we went down there. She uh, she graduated uh, ten years ago and hasn't been back. So we went. And unfortunately, she can't drink. There's really no point to go to your college town when you can't drink. But that's what we did, and. About 45 minutes from there is a little town in West Virginia called Point Pleasant. Yes. And if you've seen the movie The Mothman Prophecies, that's where that takes place, and that's where the bridge collapsed in the movie. Nice. Um, 
and it, it did really happen in the 60s and like 40 some people died in the movie it took place in the 90s and only 30 people died i don't know why they changed those details but uh we went there and this little town embraces that mothman uh sort of iconic figure or whatever you want to call it they have this huge statue of the mothman and there's like a mothman museum it's everything i hoped it would be it was just like over the top campy and awesome it was perfect yeah it was great i i enjoy that movie was it Richard Gere was in that movie? I think? Yeah, Richard Gere and Laura Linney. Yeah, I like that movie, actually. It's a pretty good one. It doesn't get a lot of uh, publicity on that one. but uh, no, no. It's a good one. Uh, do you, uh, you sent me some pictures, and uh, mm-hmm. or did you put them on Instagram? I can't remember. Uh, no, I just sent them to you. Okay, yeah. Those are some cool pictures. Maybe you can throw them on there. You, know, you don't have yeah, to. Do it. Just do what you got to do. Just do what you got Th- thanks, thanks for giving me the freedom. You do you, Jim. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Great. Well, I'm great. Thank you for asking. Um, Good. uh, Weather here has been great. Um, Well, actually, today it it was like you could just see, you could feel the storm coming. I was Mm. working and suddenly Mm. it started raining and just a downpour. And uh, then it's uh, now it's beautiful again. So, whatever. It's summer in Duluth. You know, you take what you get. And uh, yeah, not bad. Not bad. Uh, We had a lot of fun with our show last week, Jim. Lots of fun. Yes. Got a lot of comments. Um, uh, I have a bellyache still. Um, not from <laughs> laughter. Not from, ho, ho, you're funny. Um, I have a bellyache from all the caffeine and, and sugar and, uh, and carbonation. Yeah, it was great. Um, I've been drinking a surge a little bit since then. Have you found sheer wine yet? Have you? Well, looked? I haven't looked uh, because I've been working like seriously every day. Um, I was off that one the, the day after we recorded last week, but I had a lot of other things I did, and I've been re- working 12-hour shifts <laughs> ever since then, so I'm a little tired, and I, I haven't gone and found it yet, but two people have asked me if I have taken your <laughs> advice and gone to and have gotten to find it yet, and I, I haven't, mm-hmm. and I will, and so I know I know people like you more than me, and I'm mean to you and all that uh, happy horse shit, but... Um, yeah, I will. I will. I haven't tried it yet. I, I was talking to my wife about it, and she said, "Well, that kind of sounds like it'd be good." And so, well, I'm like, "Well, it's Jim's number one. You know, he doesn't lie about these things." So it's true. I don't lie about my number one. No, no, no. The other four. The other four. It's a. It's it's uh, up in the air. It's up in the air. Uh, well, this week, Jim, we are talking about our. What's here? Top five '90s one-hit wonders. Yes. So we gave ourselves a little a decade to work around, which is and, good. And this- but the stipulation on that is because uh, it we had to actually talk about this. Yeah, um, it has to be one song in the top forty countdown. Yes, yes, it had to be in that's, the top forty of some it has of to something. Hit the top forty, mostly and Billboard. They can have another single. Yeah, yeah, the Billboard top forty, and and uh, you can have another single, but the single, the other one, can't be in the top forty. Also, right, right, which surprised me on a couple people actually. I thought I had a solid. Solid pick, and um, realized I had another top forty hit that I had never heard of. I know, I know, I I I had one too, and I was like, well, I guess I'm not gonna put that in there, but that's okay, that's okay. Still, still, still a great song, and maybe I'll mention mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Jim, we had some uh, comments from last week from our show on our show. Um, okay, okay. I'm excited to talk about them here, and uh, let's see here. I'm gonna, Jim. We got our yes. first negative com- uh, comment. 
So I want to I want to make that a let's make that a shit sandwich. I haven't said shit sandwich in a while. So let's start with the good, put the shit in the middle, and we'll end with a couple nice comments. What do you think? Look. Yeah, let's see <laughs> that that middle may be thick to get through, but let's do it. Well, <laughs> we might need to take a break because I'm gonna get angry. Okay, so this one uh, these these ones come from uh, Podbean. Uh, the Deuce Podcast, which these guys are great. Uh, go check them out. The Deuce Podcast. They do. Uh, they do. Uh, we mentioned them before, but they do um, uh, uh, podcasts, obviously, but on sequels of movies. So it's yeah, it's, it's, a great re- idea. it's really fun. And uh, and so we um, we we hope to actually uh, do a show with them someday because I think that would be a lot of fun. But anyway, uh, they they said hires root beer. Um, was would be in there, and you can get it at Jungle Gyms. Mm. Two things I don't know what those are. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. I know they're these guys are from Nebraska, so maybe that's something there. And my wife thought Jungle Gyms was a um, like a Chuck E. Cheese type place. I'm not aware of this. Are oh. you? No, no, I haven't. I haven't heard of that. Okay, but Hires Root Beer, they really like that one. Um, and this one also comes from Deadly Accurate. Um, he just gave his top five. So uh, he said Coke, IBC Root Beer, Doctor Brown's Root Beer slash Cream Soda. Um. Oh, and he said, and I guess Seven Up, but I rarely drink soda. But when I do, it's Coke ninety percent of the time. <laughs> so it's like just made a list. It's like it doesn't matter. Oh, and then he he commented again later, and he said, oh, Barks, Barks Red Cream Soda is great too. I've never heard of that. Ooh, that sounds that amazing. Is good. You, that is good. Okay, so that's a thing. Okay, yeah, Obviously that's a thing. That's good. Yeah, I forgot about that. All right, well, then I I believe him. Um, uh, this one, this comment is, uh, they gave their top five about our top five today, so we'll say that at the end. Uh, this one comes from Leania777 uh, on Twitter. Um, great episode. Not sure if it's still around, but I do love Cherry Vanilla Dr. Pepper. Um, I remember that, actually. I don't know if it's still around, but I do. I don't know if I've ever tasted it, but I remember seeing the cans. Um, and then she says, looking forward to next week. Well, thank you, Leania. Um and let's see here. This one, I want to wait. No, this one. <laughs> this one is an email from uh, uh, Lindsay. And she says, Hey guys, just got home and listened to your new episode. Love it as always. I got to say, I was a little sad when Tom said he didn't like Baja Blast Mountain Dew because that's one of my top sodas. But I still love you guys. I never tried Surge because once I had a friend in school who told me that there was really drugs in Surge. And I grew up thinking everyone was a drug addict. And I was really worried for <laughs> I was really worried for all my friends. But now I want to try some. LOL. Uh, Lindsay. And she titled that Liquid Cocaine, that, that, uh, that email. That's awesome. Um, and I agree. I, 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 I know. Lindsay, I, you're not the first girl that I've disappointed. So I understand that <laughs> I just... <laughs> disappointed you um just ask my wife um and uh, and uh, yeah and just ask jim i disappoint him all the time um but yeah that's great yeah, yeah i just, i didn't i never heard the 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 drug rumor being in surge but that's funny i could totally see that being a rumor back in the day so it's probably why i drank it all right all right um let's see okay before we get to <laughs> our last nice comment let's get to Come with me on that. let's yeah i'm not even going there let's Let's get to. We got a, a new rating on pot on uh, iTunes, Jim, and it's yeah. our first one that's not a five star rating, and it's a one star rating, Jim. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh. And I, I I I showed it to you just bre- just minutes ago, so I let you let you let it simmer a little bit, and I got a couple things to say about it too. But let me read it word for word. Um, this comes from Maddie two times. 
And it says, I'm not going to claim that oh, it's titled top five of death ripoff question mark. No idea what that means. And he says, I'm not going to claim that the top five of death podcast invented top five lists. No, I don't think anyone invented top five lists or even <laughs> or even has dibs on a top five show. Okay. Good, we're in agreement. Okay, Good. where are we going with this? But you have done such similar topics, sometimes exactly the same topic, that I find it kind of lame. And he says, number one, either these guys have no idea about the Top 5 of Death podcast. Ding, ding, ding. Never heard of That's, yet. I'm yeah. pretty sure most people pretty, don't. But yeah, yeah let's whatever. keep going. Let's keep going. And this is pure can coincidence. We just call it, can we just call it Top 5 of Douche podcast yeah, for the rest of this segment? That's fine. And this okay. is, and he says, and this is pure coincidence, and maybe they should reach out, question mark. And then he says, or oh, number two, they do know, and they just completely ripped off the show and that's lame. Okay, before you go, Jim, I have a couple of things. Uh, okay. Okay, let okay. me go first. Number one, we love our fans and thank you for listening. Uh, number two, to, to claim that uh, you think Jim and I would be even intelligent enough <laughs> to even give a two shits about what other podcasts are out there besides the ones we listen to, thank you. But you've overestimated our intelligence. Uh, never heard of you. Um, great. I'm glad you're doing another free podcast. Just like this one's a free podcast and it doesn't matter what we say on here and no one can claim anything, but no, we never heard of you. So yeah, I guess it's just coincidence. Um, but going to similar shows, there's two different home improvement podcasts that I currently listen to. Pretty sure those guys talk about some of the same things. There's like three different Star Trek ones. There's like 5,000 different wrestling ones. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and guess what? We're not the first people to have a top list of anything that's pop culture related ever. So like it's going to happen. Okay. That people are going to, and guess what? After our show, people are going to have a show that maybe they say they're top five things from the 90s or top 10 or top 20 or whatever. Maybe, you know what? Maybe we should have called David Letterman and said, hey, we're going to do a top <laughs> list. Is it okay with you if we do a top list? Or maybe or maybe we should have called VH1 and they did all those I Love the 90s shows. Maybe we should have cleared it with them to make sure this is okay. Right. I'm not sure. You know, and I would like to think that if somebody else came out with a podcast similar to ours, um, I wouldn't be arrogant enough to think that they stole our idea, right. first of all. But second, I'd like to think I'd reach out to them and try to do some collaborative show and have fun with them instead of being a giant asshat and leaving a one-star review on iTunes. Right. That's my other point. That was my last point. He said maybe they should reach out. This is obviously the person who does this podcast, probably. Mm -hmm. I don't – I've mm -hmm. never – honestly, I've never heard this podcast. I looked it up and – and I saw that they have some shows, and I saw that their iTunes reviews are from long, long time ago. And they maybe been doing it for years. I don't know, but I am not. I have not listened. I'm not going to listen because no. of the way he acted. But he asked us to reach out. Every show, Jim, every single show since we started with our Bill Murray show, which was a phenomenal show. Uh, it was horrible. <laughs> we have given our Twitter account, our email address, our Facebook, Instagram, and now even Spotify. We have given people plenty of opportunity to reach out to us and a lot of people have and we've gotten new friends and new fans because of it but to ask us to reach out when you just sneakily put in an itunes review which you can't respond to you can't 
do anything to, and you 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 make you can make up your own name, I believe, on those things. Maddie, um, one time, yeah, and yeah, Maddie, two shits or whatever his name was. <laughs> it it's like okay, you reach out to us, say hey, you stole our idea or whatever, and we would say no, there's no idea to steal. This is just the same conversation Jim and I have been having for years, and we just put it on podcast. And did I mention it's free? <laughs> did I mention that? It's just like, really, you want us to reach out to you now? No, you should have reached out to us, and if you had a problem, you could have said something. But, well, there you go. But what about you, Jim? What do you got to say about this? You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it very brief because um, their podcast racks up on things I care about, like a, a maple syrup shortage. They... <laughs> They say we ripped them off, and I scrolled through their list of shows very, very quickly because I'm not gonna, not gonna invest a lot of time into these guys. But uh, they, I think we've, from what I saw, we've done like two similar shows. Sure. They did a music video show in on February 20th. Hmm. February um, 20th. We did ours on January 16th, and I'm no math wizard, but pretty sure we did it before them. <laughs> okay. And then the other one was uh, a summer jams. Uh, we did our, our summer song show. They did theirs on June 5th. Um, when did we do ours? Do you remember? It might have been around see. the same time. And I don't even know. Were, um, were they, are they, are these current? Is no, this, did they do theirs 2017? Uh, yeah, they, they actually have been doing it quite a bit longer. I think they go back to like 2016, 2015, something like that. Okay. We did, uh, I'm scrolling through our shows here. Summertime songs, May 16th. Ah, May 16th. So chronologically, yeah. chronologically, we did that. Oh. For, okay, that, that's fine, but... That's two shows. I, I read. It's, that's those are the only two I saw that we did the same, and we did it first. But okay, so I was. I'm not going to listen to their show, but I read no. a brief description, and they do something like, I don't know. There's a few people apparently on the show, and they all read a top five list, mm-hmm. and then uh, good, good for them. They like whoever wins somehow. They get to decide what happens to the other people. Like you're in a fraternity hazing. I don't know what's going on. I don't oh, really care. Yeah, I'm not going to listen to it. Yeah, and you know what? I mean, anyone with with a, a half a brain can realize that we're we're looking up information like on Wikipedia and and mental floss and those type of things. And if you just typed in top ten, top five something like summer jams or music videos on YouTube, guess what? People have been doing this for years, <laughs> and, it's, and no one's claiming anything. That just that's, and these are our opinion. <laughs> it's like, and no one wins anything except for I win every week because I get to talk to you, Jim, and the people oh, out there win delight. every week. But anyway, whatever. I'm we wasted like, enough not, time. Let's not bore our, yeah. our audience here with talking shit on these. What people a piece anymore. of shit! All right. <laughs> okay, so anyway, I'm, so I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, so we're doing one of my absolute favorite topics. I love, obviously, from our show, I love 90s music. Yeah. And I love one-hit wonders. So we're doing our top five one-hit wonders of the 90s. And, Tom, I don't know about you. I went through and jotted some down real quick, and I got a list that is 40 songs long. Yep, that's about about 40. Yeah, about 40 right now. Um, Um. So, (laughs) and you can go, you can subscribe. If if you guys don't know how Spotify works, because I was new to Spotify. Yeah. you need to check it out because it's actually really cool. It's a free service. You can pay for it, but you don't need to. It's a free service. And uh, look us up on there. Um, and actually, when you do that, you can't find us for some reason, but we put our links and all of our stuff. Yeah. Click on one of those links and follow us, and you can just listen to these songs for free. You can uh, listen to any of our 
our uh, playlist. What I do with it at work, my friend Neil and I do this really cool thing where we set up a playlist that's collaborative. So he can listen to it at work and I can listen to it at work and we can take songs on and off of it. It's, it's actually a lot of fun and it's all free. So that's, that's jump on there. We, we have, uh, I just made our one hit wonders list today. So Tom, if there's any of them that aren't on that list, I'll throw them on while we're talking okay. and, uh, you guys can jam out at work while you listen to some Spotify. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I'm, uh, I like this Spotify thing. I'm, you know, it's like we're just kind of like the lame old guys. I'm newer to Spotify mm-hmm. as well, but uh, it's nice. My wife, uh, my wife does that. She she shared a playlist with me, and so we'll we we do that, and because she listens it all day at work and stuff, and uh, and so yeah, I like it's it's a cool thing. I, I'm a big fan of um of uh of Pandora too. I'm a, I like this. Yes. I, I just like it all. But but yeah, we did. <laughs> I made my top five uh, uh list here. And it just was growing and growing and growing. I'm like, oh my gosh! And then I had to figure out was was this really a what? You, well, I had one, and I'm like, oh, it came out in the year 2000, so I had to cut that one out. Yeah, you know. And so, uh, so yeah, I'm excited about this, Jim. Are you excited? Uh, this I'm excited. I can tell. I'm excited. I can tell. I can tell. All right, well, let's get right into it. What's uh, how about you start, Jim? Jim Doubt. What's your okay. number five? One hit wonder five? of the 90s. Uh, you know, the fun thing about doing it on Spotify is that. Uh, if I searched a band, it's pretty much the only song that comes up. So it was pretty easy to make yeah. a list. Um, my number five is a little band called The New Radicals. You're kidding me. This you is get my, what you get. This is my number five. <laughs> <laughs> That's, of course it is. Why wouldn't it be? Oh, you um, get what you give. Great song. Okay, go you ahead. Get go what ahead, you Jim. Give. Okay. Uh, they were only a band from 97 to 99. They had one studio album in 98. Um, and it was called Maybe You've Been Brainwashed Too. I didn't have the album. This is the only song I know. I didn't right. buy the album. Yeah. Um, they had a, another single called Someday We'll Know that didn't break the top 40 charts. Uh, when they were touring for this, they opened for the Goo Goo Dolls. Um, what I thought was kind of funny is that they um, took a lot of crap because they call out certain artists towards the end of the song. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Fashion Shoot with Beck and Hanson, Courtney Love and Marilyn Manson. And I uh, would say, you're all fakes, run up to your mansions, come around, you kick, we'll kick your ass in. And they took a lot of crap from that, and they thought that they made a lot of artists really mad. And the lead singer ran into Beck at a, at a grocery store and apologized to him, and Beck's like, uh, I don't really care. I don't, it doesn't really matter to me. Marilyn Manson got kind of mad because he was in the same sentence with Courtney Love, so that made him mad. <laughs> and uh, Hanson didn't really care, and I think the, um, the, the, one of the people, the people in the band ended up like drumming for one of the Hanson brothers on some song or something like that. So apparently they were fine. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I've other people before they've turned to me and go, do you know who sings this song? I'm like, yeah, it's the new radicals. It's a, it's just a really catchy popular song that kind of blends in with a lot of the other one hit wonders of the nineties, but it was always one that stood out to me. What about you, Tom? Yeah, this, I love this song. I, I, a couple things going back to that, uh, the little controversy they had with the, the actual lines before that, little history behind this. The lines before what you said, I'm going to read them. It says, health insurance, rip off lying, FDA, big bankers buying, fake computer crashes dining, cloning while they're multiplying. And then it says this thing about Beck Hansen growing up. And the guy who wrote it, Greg Alexander, who's the lead singer, he he wrote the song as a test. He wrote that part of the song as a test to see whether the media would focus on the important political issues in the first few lines above that. Or the petty celebrity dissing, and as suspected, <laughs> a considerable amount right. of press began to appear because of Marilyn Manson's name, Courtney Love, all those guys. 
and um, yeah, and uh, so it was just that's just kind of funny. And he, um, what I like about of this song the most uh, was the video. I love this video. They're in a um, uh, they're in a mall. They shot it in a mall. They shot it actually, I believe, somewhere in New York or something. Or I forget where mall. Uh, Staten Island Mall. And uh, okay, and they it just sh- showed him. He's in total nineties like gear. The guy had like this. I don't know how to describe the jacket. You just look up the video and you'll see it's like, oh yeah, that's totally like he got that Pacific Sunwear, and uh, it it is just cool because there's these teens running around there, freak, you know, doing crazy stuff, and they're putting businessmen in animal cages and tossing nets on security guards. It's just you know, just just what you do when you go to the mall, you know. Sure. Sure. Uh, so that was a cool video. Um, one cool thing I saw about this was uh, in Time Magazine, uh, in a Time Magazine interview, U2 lead guitarist The Edge. Uh, it's quoted mm-hmm. uh, that you get what you give is the song he is most jealous of. Uh, he oh. said, "He said, I quote, I'm most jealous of it. I would rather, I would really have loved to have written that." Um, and the Billboard Billboard itself gave it some mixed reviews. Uh, he says it was a chugging wham style pop song with slightly cheesy lyrics, but the ending lyrics were interesting, which is this part about the Marilyn Manson and Courtney Love and stuff. Yeah. Um, the, this is the official song, Jim, of the Newcastle United soccer team or football team in the rest of the world, not here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it is played at their, excuse me, it played at their home games, and um, another thing I saw on an uh, interview in 2006, Ice T was on Late Night with Conan O'Brien, and he said, "Hey, besides rap, Conan was asking Ice T, besides rap music, what else have, has he heard that he likes uh, over the last few years?" And he just said, he just. He said one song that really grabbed him was "You Get What You Give." Like it's the one song Ice T listens to <laughs> besides gangster rap, and I just thought that was funny. Uh, but yeah, this is a great song, dude. I love. I remember in high school listening to this thing over and over oh, yeah. again. It's made tons of lists about songs you should you songs you should listen to before you die and best songs of the '90s and all this stuff. And uh, yeah, it's great. A um, couple other pop culture things it was featured in flintstones in viva rock vegas don't remember that movie uh it was also in scooby-doo monsters unleashed surfs up and click um it's also been featured in movies like the big uh, big daddy the muppets and bubble boy and then it was mm. also a theme in some mitsubishi motors uh commercials so there you go Hmm. Well, it uh, it released at number 36 or it peaked at number 36 on the billboard hot 100 so it qualifies for our list mm-hmm um, it always reminded me of REM's "It's the End of the World as We Know It." Yeah, and the guy kind of looks like um, what was that guy? Michael Stipe. Michael Stipe. Yeah, yeah. he kind of looks like him a little bit, and so that's probably you know probably a little bit why. But uh, yeah, I loved it. I love learning about uh, uh, the controversy about the <laughs> he wrote the lyrics, and of course, it just did. They could still do that now, and then the media would be even crazier about it now. But oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's also because we have uh, you know we have fans all over the world, Jim. Um, this also reached number five in the UK and number one in Canada and New Zealand. So to our Canadian and New Zealander f- fans. So, you know, I was, I was thinking about that because there's a lot of, uh, a lot of bands that didn't crack into the U S market that did worldwide or vice versa. European bands like Bush who blew up in America, but not as much in the European market. So it's, I was thinking about that when we were making our list, I could name off some and, and people in Canada be like, what are you talking about? That band is huge. Mm-hmm. But in America, not as much. Like, uh, I have a coworker who is a huge Our Lady Peace fan. Do you remember Our Lady oh, Peace? Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. In America, they had the hit Clumsy. 
And yeah. that was, they had a couple hits uh, that broke into the charts because I was going to put Clumsy on my list, but uh, they had a couple songs that broke into the charts, but Clumsy was their huge hit here uh, in Canada. They're very big. Mm-hmm. And uh, my, I was t- talking to my coworker about it because he travels around and follows them around. And they're actually like, they're really nice band really good band he was he spent some time in the hospital and they visited him and um sent him a bunch of autographed stuff and they always like make a point to go see him when he goes to their shows they're like extremely nice band yeah that was really cool to hear um but in canada he was telling me that their radio play they have to play a certain percentage of canadian artists he he threw out i think 20 percent. i don't know the figure on that but uh throughout the course of their hour or whatever they have to play a percentage of canadian artists and they're canadian artists so of course they blew up a little bit more than they would have in the states hmm. that was very interesting i didn't yeah. know canada had such strict guidelines on their radio play <laughs> but yeah. whatever yeah. yeah yeah no i'm joking we love our canadian friends i'm like right near them where i live so he All also right. brought me back a bottle of canadian uh heinz ketchup because it's way better and made different than American Heinz ketchup. What? Why? How is it made different? They don't use high fructose corn syrup. Oh, but that's good stuff. No, that's terrible stuff. <laughs> they use like they use a liquid sugar instead, and they use like a, a nat, like a tomato paste in it. Where ours is like from concentrate. Hmm. It's damn good mm-hmm. though. Yeah, America. No. All right. <laughs> Let's move on then, Jim. Are you are yes. anything else? Okay, so that was my number five as well. So what's your number four? My number four is a band called Space Hog, <sighs> and the song is "In the Meantime." Nice, good song. I had a Space Hog T-shirt, but that's not the, whatever. No, you, are you kidding me? I swear me to God, I had a Space Hog T-shirt. I don't even know where I got it, and <laughs> I don't know why great. I would buy it. I think I gotta find. There's a picture somewhere. I'll find it and I'll I'll tweet it out. Yeah, oh, that's fantastic. So it was in high school, I remember. Anyway, go ahead. I, I don't have this one on my list, but go ahead. I really don't have a lot on Space Hog. Um, it was October of 1995. They released their first album, Resident Alien. It's the only one I've ever listened to. And I can't tell you any other songs except in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Um, the album went gold on the Billboard charts, selling over 500,000 copies. And had the hit single and the video of In the Meantime. It, it uh, peaked at 32 on the top 100. And um, Space Hog had four albums, and the last one was only four years ago. In 2013, they came out with their fourth album, so they're still making some music. I didn't realize they're still they're still they're still trucking along. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I this is the only thing I know by them, but I listen the crap out of this song, and uh, it's one of my favorites from the 90s. Great band name, great band name, Space Hog. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Um, yeah, I don't have much on this as well, or because I didn't put this on my list. But I don't know anything <laughs> else about them. Uh, yeah. On the on the. Um, oh, my son just joined us in the room. Hey, hmm. bud, you're supposed to be in bed. Welcome. Yeah, you want to say hello? Hi. Hi. Hi, Fletch. Okay. You need to go to bed now, okay? Oh. Oh. Yeah, I know. Okay, you've been you made the radio, bud. Yeah. Now the whole world's gonna hear you. All right. <laughs> See ya. All right, sorry for the interruption. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. I'm leaving all that in. Um, but yeah, I didn't know they had any other song than this song, and I have no idea why I would have a Space Hog t-shirt. No, I have no idea why that would happen. I don't even know. Wh- whatever. I was lame. I was a lame kid. So. Did you buy it with your Dinosaur Jr. t-shirt? I didn't have a Dinosaur t- <laughs> Jr. t-shirt, all right? Okay. I may have had a Dinosaur Jr. album or two, but I didn't yes. have a t-shirt. 
Shut up, Jim. You're so mean. <laughs> Tom is mean to Jim. Wait. Hey, Tom. Hey, Tom, what's your number four? <laughs> All right, my number four. This one might uh, rub some people the wrong way because as I was Uh-oh. doing my research, this was like on a lot of these, on these like top lists on YouTube and stuff I was looking up and, and some stuff on like Blender and a lot of things online. This comes up like one or two, you know, but I'm going with a song by the Verve called Bittersweet Symphony. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Um, I love this song. And it's, uh, you know, it's, like I said, it's from the Verve. It came out in 97. It was released on their third studio album, uh, Urban Hymns. Um, it's, ba- it's based on the Andrew Long Oldham Orchestra version of the Rolling Stones song, <laughs> The Last Time. Whew. Do you get all that? <laughs> Uh, it samples. Uh, it samples the main theme. It involved. It actually involved. Uh, here we go. Some legal controversy surrounding a plagiarism charge. As a result, uh, consequently, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards uh, were added to the songwriting uh, credits after all that. But uh, yeah, I'm not going to go into it. There's a lot on why you know they got sued because they said they they sampled more than they're supposed to and all this stuff. And uh, anyway, but uh, that's just artist bitching, I guess. Uh, but I love this song. And Jim, where did you remember this song from? Well, uh, Cruel Intentions. There Everybody you go. Everybody knows it from the Cruel Intentions the, movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And anyone who – any guy in high school at that time who, like, was had a girlfriend or just was desperately wanting to be with a girl, and she mentioned, I want to see Cruel Intentions, you went. You went with Oh, her. yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, but I remember this. I remember that from there. And uh, it was a great song. It was a cool video. I love videos that are shot in one shot, and their video was like that. It was a constant shot. I don't, it, there was actually cuts in it as I was doing some research on it, um, but uh, it's really cool to watch that over and over again. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, what was I going to say about the – oh, I got so much stuff on the legal stuff. I got to scroll down. <laughs> Uh, anyways, Cruel Intentions actually included on the soundtrack. Um, other things, it appears in an episode of the TV series The Simpsons, titled That 90s Show. Um, here's one. I put, I put this in here for my wife because she loved the show Smash. Uh, Megan Hilty performed it on an episode in the second season called The Surprise Party. Uh, but a Nike commercial in 1998 is two weeks after Nike commercial. the Nike commercial debuted. During the NFL playoffs, the Verve's Urban Hymns jumped 34 spots because they used this song in their commercial. Um, and it hit number 36, the album's highest point since it's released the September before. Um, and, uh, yeah. And since then, it's it's it was up for Best Video and all this stuff back in 97, 98. And the Seattle Seahawks, the NFL Seattle Seahawks, use it as their entrance music at their home games. And the song was actually used... Um, at the Super Bowl you were at, Jim, in Glendale, Arizona, University of Phoenix Stadium. was It was used during the pregame festivities at that Super Bowl. Uh, what Super Bowl was that? 48? 49. 49. Um, there you go. And, uh, yeah, it's also played for the Detroit, uh, Detroit Lions of the NFL use it also. And uh, New Jersey Devils of the NHL use it also. And they also use another song that's actually on my list, so I'm not going to mention it. <laughs> Um, but it also appears in video game. Remember the game DJ Hero? I never played it, yeah. but it appears in there. Actually, um, uh, the Aranbi Pop Symphony plays it. Never heard of them. Uh, but a lot of people have covered it. Madonna, including, has been one who covered it. Uh, Limp Biscuit has covered it when they mashed it up with Home Sweet Home by Motley Crue. And they actually, that it's on one. 
terrible. Yeah, I don't. I've never. I don't think I ever heard it. Um, uh, but yeah, it reached uh, the the Hot 100. Reached all the way at number 12. So I mean, this definitely makes the list. But this is the only song by the Verve that I that even came close to being a hit. You know, it was a hit, but it's like the only thing they had. Um, yeah. Yeah, I love this song. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, they're uh, the main singer songwriter for the Verve is uh, Richard Ashcroft and he's done some stuff on the side but um, I've heard that he's he thinks very highly of himself well as a, uh, I agree with you because I was reading through this I was that's why I wrote down all this stuff about the legal battles but it sounds like he's kind of a dick yeah um, pretty much yeah. and yeah. Um, and not to say that I, I don't know this guy personally obviously and I don't know Mick Jagger and uh, Keith Richards personally or this orchestra that they sampled from <laughs> but they it sounds like they're all just in a pissing match about the whole thing and uh you know when one person's making money they're gonna all jump aboard but hey mick jagger and keith richards are now uh, on the credits so they're making money along with it so there you go oh well, that's nice yeah well when i i went to see uh brian vanderark who's the lead singer of the verve pipe he made a comment that uh people go hey weren't, weren't you in the verve and then sometimes i just say yes he said <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes people go. Didn't you sing Bittersweet Symphony? Symphony, and sometimes he goes. Sometimes I just tell him, yes, I did. Well, there you go. I would say it. He should just cover that. You said he does acoustic covers now. He should just cover this song. Yeah. Well, he should. Yeah. He gets sued by <laughs> sued by Richard Ashcroft, but that's fine. Well, yeah, probably. And well, Ashcroft, Richards, and Jagger. That sounds like a good lawyer uh, for yeah. law firm, doesn't it? <laughs> that's a good party, man. Yeah. There you go. All right. Well, so there you go. There's my. Uh, Number four. Yeah, sorry. I was looking down yes. at them. Yeah. All right. All right. Number three, Jim. We're, We're cruising along. right along here. Right. Uh, number three for me, I I love this entire album. It's on an album called Rubberneck. Do you know the band? Nope. Okay. It's a little band called The Toadies. Oh. And the song is Possum Kingdom. Again, you and my wife have the same picks all the time. <laughs> I love this entire album front to back. I still listen to this album. Mm-hmm. Um, the Toadies themselves were formed in 1989. They disbanded in 2001 after the bass player left the group. Then they reformed again and released an album in 2008 called No Deliverance. In 2010, um, they re-released an album called Feeler. Um, with a different record company because Interscope refused to release it in 1997, which would have been their follow-up to Rubberneck. Um, and then the band's most recent album was released in 2015. Okay. Um, so Rubberneck had Possum Kingdom, which was their top 40 hit off of that album. Uh, what I thought was really interesting, the the song is written after Possum Kingdom Lake, which is a lake in North Texas outside of Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. Um, where the band is from. So the very last song in the album is called I Burn, if you know the album at all. And it's a very uh, melancholy song. It doesn't really fit in with the rest of the album because the rest of it's um, a lot faster paced and this one's a little bit slower and very mellow. And uh, the lead singer um, said that he intended Possum Kingdom to be a continuation of the story told in the song I Burn. He said when he envisioned I Burn, the last song, to be um, a story about cult members emulating themselves in order to ascend to a higher plane. 
This, I don't know what that means. What does that mean? At all. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. Are these guys abducted by um, aliens or something? Yes. Okay. And right, Possum cool. Kingdom was Whatever. about one of the people becoming just smoke, and he goes to Possum Kingdom Lake and tries to find somebody to join him. Is this like Lost? The yep. smoke monster? It is. It's just like Lost. And wow. John Locke is the toadies. Don't tell me what I can't do! See? And no, you. this description of any of this makes absolutely no sense to me. Yeah. It doesn't make the song make any more sense. It doesn't make I Burn make any more sense at all. But I love both of these songs. And uh, I hate the radio version of Possum Kingdom because they cut it so short. They chop a bunch of the lines out at the end. But um, it's awesome. I mean, it's, it's a great song. It's a great album. It's a great band. I've never seen them live. But um, yeah, Toadies. Yeah. Awesome Kingdom. Awesome. Great. It's a great song. Um, yeah, my wife absolutely loves the Toadies. They're from, she grew up, you know, in Fort Worth, Texas. So I, mm. you know, she's, it's that hometown thing, but that's, that's awesome. They, it is a great song. I actually had, it was on one of my honorable mentions. So, okay. Well, my number three, Jim, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I, um, you you know this song. I know you know this song. Do you remember a American rock band named Harvey Danger? Yeah, flagpole sitter. Flagpole sitter. Yes, that's my number three. With an three. A. Uh, um, I heard it today. I heard that song today. <laughs> See, yeah. you just you always it's hear awesome. it. Um, it was on their debut album in 1997. Uh, where all where where have all the merrymakers gone? Just like where the cowboys have gone. Um, <laughs> the song was actually written in response. Going, this is going to their drummer Evan Salt. It was written to the response of the Seattle music scene of the 90s, and it's in. It's in and its effect on the mainstream culture. The song's title is a version of the expression "flagpole sitter," a test of endurance uh, fad that was popular in the mid to late 1920s. Now, that had to be sure. fun. Yeah. That, yeah, that actually makes more sense than my Possum Kingdom explanation. <laughs> Guess so. Um, but it was released as a single in April 1998. It started getting on a couple local radio stations and quickly after that it appeared at number 38 on the billboard top 100 uh chart and um the music video uh was produced shortly after that to promote the single and the song is regarded as a power pop single by mtv in in a post grunge anthem all right um Pop Matters uh website describes it uh, the single as a hyper literate alt rock Dissection of the stupidity of the modern rock age. Got it? Okay, yep. Whatever. Anyway, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's a very different song, is what they're trying to get at. Um, uh, nine. Uh, Rob Sheffield, who writes for, I believe he's a music journalist. I, I know we've done Rolling Stone. I don't know where else he writes for, but uh, he write, he says it's a '90s pop rock rage at its loudest. Uh, but I love this song. I remember this from the the movie American Pie. <laughs> this was in there, and so I always remember that uh, song. Uh, um, being played in there, and I'm like, this is really good. And when one of the when it plays, you're like, oh, it's uh, it's gotta be like Blink 182 or something. It's gotta be like a band I know, and it's not. This is Harvey Danger. No one knows who they are except for this song, <laughs> and this is the only song they have. Um, yep. They have a whole album, but no one knows anything about it. Um, and uh, the song also, like I mentioned, is American Pie, and it was also in the movie Disturbing Behavior. I don't mm. remember that. Uh, the song is it's actually Katie Holmes, right? Uh, just no. Is it? I don't remember. Yeah. I think it is. Uh, the song has actually been a theme song for a British comedy called Peep Show since its second series. I'm not sure when that song started, but it also appeared. Um, it, uh, Harvey Danger's singer Sean Nelson stated that Peep Show is the only pop culture item the song has been associated with, which 
which that feels like a kindred spirit to the original attitude of the lyrics. Um, in 2016, he reaffirmed his pleasure at at the use of the song in the show, stating, it's a joy to be affiliated with something that's so smart and so funny and so kind of rude and weird. Um, but now he's part of two things, because we are talking about it. So there you go. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> Rolling Stone actually is also ranked this as the number 25 song on their list of 50 best songs of the 90s. That's crazy, but because uh, there's a lot of songs in the 90s, and they put this at number 25. I love it. It's a cool. It's a fun song. It's very different. It was. It was. It's very different than the whole. Um, yeah, like the grunge thing that was we were transitioning out of at that time and getting into like like I said the Blink One Eighty Twos and stuff like that. But it's awesome. It's an awesome song. That is a great song. That's one of my favorite songs of the nineties, actually. Well, there you go. Is this on your list? <laughs> uh, no, it is not on my top five. Well, sorry to hear that. It would have been. It would have made my top ten though. All right, all right, all right. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay. You don't have to yell at me. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh, what's your number two, Jim? My number two, um, I'm going to take it down a notch. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah, because we're just top notch today. Come on, come on. <laughs> My number two is uh, a song called Brick by Ben Folds 5. <sighs> all right. Do you want to just do this show with my wife? because she was like you're gonna have that on there but i'm okay i want you to go on with this but you know you go you go well i'll say what i say at the end there you have something to say i don't know i don't know if this is is this a top is this only a one-hit wonder because yes i guess for ben folds five it's a one-hit wonder but not for ben folds himself I don't know if Ben Folds even had That's a true. top 40 single. That's true. That's true. I, I can guarantee that Ben Folds 5 did not right. have another top 40 single. This is a great song, Jim. I'm mad it at it is a phenomenal yeah. song. <laughs> All right. Um, they formed in 1993 in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And much to my surprise, there are only three people in Ben Folds 5. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? I did know that. There's not five not people in there. Yeah. No, they're a trio. <laughs> yeah. And they're only, they're, the only reason their name is Ben Folds 5 is because Ben Folds thought it sounded better. He liked the alliteration better than Ben Folds 3. And he's right. It the sounds great. Yeah. yeah, it sounds great. Um, and he describes their music as punk rock for sissies, which is pretty <laughs> spot on. Yeah, that's actually. Pretty so- yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, they were very much into that indie scene. Um so their single Brick is from their 1997 album, Whatever and Ever, Amen. And it gained a lot of radio play. The band itself broke up in October of 2000, and then Ben Folds went on to his solo career. Hmm. Um, and the, the other two split off and did other things too. But um, So this song, and it, it it's um, maybe common knowledge at this point, I'm, I'm not sure, but uh, the verses were written by Ben Folds about his high school girlfriend undergoing an abortion. And the chorus was written by the band's drummer. Um, But the song is about when, and this is a quote from Ben, uh, when I was in high school, me and my girlfriend had to get an abortion and it was a very sad thing. And I didn't really want to write uh, this song from any kind of political standpoint or make a statement. I just wanted to reflect what it feels like. So anyone who's gone through it that before, then you'll know what the song's about. And it's a, and I had always heard that that that's what that song was about along with a few other songs like slide by the goo goo dolls and the freshman by the verb pipe which isn't true um but uh yeah that coming from ben folds himself that is what that song is about that's a it's a great song i i don't know how anyone yeah, could not amazing. like this song I, I it's just one of those it's like 
It doesn't matter what type of music you like. It's just he's so good. I don't know. It's a great song. So. Mm-hmm. Cool. We uh, Ben Folds. We we fell in love with Ben Folds all over again when we my wife and I would watch a show called The Sing Off, and it okay. was um it was one of those singing competitions like The Voice and whatever, and it was on a couple seasons. It would be like over like the Christmas break when the real shows are on their <laughs> hiatus, you know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It's a acapella. It would be acapella groups competing, and um, he was one of the judges and hosts, and he was okay. awesome on there. He was so because he's so music musically intelligent he's so so it's really fun listening to him and stuff and uh yeah that's what we i we fell in love with him all over again and then i started listening to more of his music because he would sing some songs on there you know and stuff and it's like oh yeah i forgot about that one and oh this is a new one so that's probably why i think oh he's got top 40 hits but he probably really doesn't like you said he really doesn't <laughs> yeah. um this was it i thought songs for the dumped would be on the top 40 and it didn't even make the charts in the u.s that's crazy that's crazy. Which was, the, I think, the follow-up single off of that album t- to Brick. Um, but yeah, I think this is, this at least with Ben Folds 5, this is definitely the only top 40 song that they've come out with. Um, uh, a friend of mine and co-worker, her name's Megan, one time we were working together and we were just talking about music. And so, well, what's your favorite band? And she said, favorite band of all time is Ben Folds 5. And I was like, wow, that's, wow. or at least Ben Folds, Ben Folds. But yeah. that umbrella is Ben Folds 5. I was like, wow, that's that's a great pick that's somebody you don't really hear somebody say that's my favorite band of all time no no that's crazy well good good pick jim good pick all right should we go on to my number two i i cannot wait to hear your I number can tell. two i can tell uh my number two i'm going a little older now this one came out in 92 maybe? okay yeah ni- yeah 92 that's when it well it became a hit in 92 so it might have come out a little before that but Anyway, mine is uh, a hip hop song, "Jump Around" by House of Pain. Of course, oh, I love this song. Word to your moms, I came to drop bombs. That's right. <laughs> uh, produced by DJ Muggs of Cypress Hill, who also covers it when he uh, when he would go on tour. Became a hit in '92, reaching all the way up to number three um, on the charts. '93 um, uh, re-release of the song in the United Kingdom. Um, later and then of course it's on tons of lists of s- some of the greatest songs of the 90s and and this and that and it's actually um it's a song is very popular jim in dance halls and djs are widely mm-hmm. regarded in the united kingdom saying it's a club classic you can't go anywhere without hearing this song you cannot go to no. one nba or college basketball game without hearing this song <laughs> You can no. Just, no, it's impossible. Uh, of course, the song features the distinctive horn fanfare intro that people just absolutely love. Um, it's actually sampled from a 1963 uh, song called Harlem's uh, Shuffle. And uh, the song also samples Popeye the Hitchhiker by Ch- Chubby Checker, which I didn't I didn't know that at all. I did um, not know that. Yeah, it's, and of course, it's best known for the high-pitched high pitch squealing tenor saxophone that appears at the beginning of almost every bar of the song, 66 times in the song that you hear that, <laughs> that dee, 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 you know, and it's, uh, oh, it's absolutely awesome. Um, of course. Okay. So in pop culture, this thing is everywhere. I'm just going to go over a list. Here's some of the films, Wolf of Wall Street, Mrs. Doubtfire, The Rookie, Rush Hour, Happy Gilmore, Kiss of Death, Detention, Ready to Rumble, Black Hawk Down, Jack Reacher, Turbo, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, War Dogs, Central Intelligence, and Bridget Jones's Baby, as well as in TV shows such as My Name is Earl, Lopez Tonight, Off the Ball, it's, a, it's a, actually a British radio show, uh, New Girl, um, and on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, he actually did his lip sync battle against Shaquille O'Neal with, to this song. 
So <laughs> back in uh, just just this last April. So uh, it's awesome. I it's 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 just one of those songs. That just it does it gets you like pumped up for it's definitely good for sports. It just gets you all like pumped and stuff. A um, couple cool things. University of Wisconsin um, at their football games, they're known to uh, get this go- this song going between the third and the fourth quarters to get the team pumped, and the whole the whole Camp Randall Stadium just goes nuts and jumps around. You know, and uh, and actually, the tradition started when the men's varsity swim team members would snuck into the or they would go to the football games, snuck in a portable CD player. This is so nineties, and a, 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 a megaphone. And they would sit in. The, they had their student sections in sections O and P of the stadium. And during the games, they would they would fire that song up, and and so those sections started going. And then suddenly, then it just became a campus tradition, and all the fraternities started doing it, and all the everywhere else. And the official start of this tradition, though, the official start, even though it's been it was like five years prior, it was in ninety seven or ninety eight. The Badgers' homecoming game against the Purdue Boilermakers. No offensive points were scored in the third quarter, and en route to their 6-0 start of the of the modern uh, 6-0 start to the modern football era, one of the Badgers' marketing agents, who is also in charge of the sound at the stadiums, at the stadium, piped the song through the loudspeakers for the first time over their speakers, and it stirred mm-hmm. the fans up, and the players actually uh, stirred the fans up, and the players, and everyone went nuts, and that's when it became a tradition. They do it every game. If you ever get a chance to go to one of their college games, it's a lot of fun. Okay. Um, anyway, so that's yeah, and of course the University of North Carolina they play in their basketball games. Los Angeles Angels and baseball play it. But here's my favorite one, Jim. Oh wait, the Arsenal Football Club in uh, in England also uses this at, at halftime of every game. But this is my favorite one. Donald Trump <laughs> during his presidential run campaign, whatever you want to call it, um, in 2016 he used this song at some of his rallies. In response, on April 4th in 2016, lead vocalist Everlast posted scathing messages to Trump via Twitter saying, and these are going to have some expletives in it, Hey, at real Donald Trump, stop using my song Jump Around at your rallies, you piece of shit. Cease, <laughs> cease and desist is coming, you scumbag. He later told Everlast, later told Billboard magazine, this guy is supposedly this really good businessman, which is the biggest load of shit ever. He told Billboard, <laughs> then he told Billboard, the smartest businessman in the world, you should know that you have to license this music if it makes appearances on TV with you. And they're making an experience and they're making appearances on TV, so you're a moron. And the reason he didn't ask anybody, a lot of people have asked him to cease and desist, is because every effing person would say no f you <laughs> except for whatever white right-wing country artist wants to give him that song i don't even think there's that many of them <laughs> so, so everlast fantastic. was upset everlast was a little upset um <laughs> as you could tell uh but i love that i remember i remember that news actually when they he said stop using my song and there's been other political people have used songs and they're like ah oh, don't use your my song we don't believe in anything you say yeah i so. think that happens like every political year yeah but that one was great um covers limp biscuits done a cover of this um busta rhymes has done a cover of this insane clown posse uh, and uh, remember the show Kids Incorporated, Jim? They did a cover I of do. this. They did a cover yeah. of this in their season nine episode or in uh, 1983. And of course, it, yeah, like I said, it made number three in the Billboard Hot 100. And oh, I love, I just love this song. It still gets you pumped up, you know. And you, you think a, a, a rap a, a rap group like that would have had more hits, but they really didn't. Um, they went on separately 
to do other Everlast actually had you know has had a great career. Um, but uh, oh man, jump around is great. All right, Jim. Well, what's your? Well, no. Before we get to our number one, Jim. Yeah. Oh, we have a lot to go over before we do. Holy crap! All right, let's go over some honorable mentions. I'm I'm jumping (sighs) around over here, thinking about these honorable (sighs) mentions. Get up, get up, and get down. Yeah, made me want to be Irish. I'll tell you that right now. (laughs) I remember the buttons they used to have. Oh yeah. It didn't say "Kiss me, I'm Irish." It said something else. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Well, what do you got for some of your honorable mentions? There's tons. You know, some of these. Oh my. Uh, okay. So some of them. When we first brought this up, there were two of them that popped in my head that I was like, "Okay, Informer by Snow and Popular by Not a Surf." Well, oh yeah. Uh, Snow had another hit called "Girl I've Been Hurt," which hit 19 on the Billboard charts. So Informer's out. Can Can't you use believe that, song. that though? That one surprises no. me because I looked that one up too. <laughs> that surprises me. And then me. Uh, Not a Surf. Popular hit 51 on the Billboard charts, which doesn't qualify for our chart or for our show. Mm-hmm. So I can't use Popular by Not a Surf. Yeah. Um, and one of the one of the lists that a main list that I was looking up had Oasis on there for Wonderwall. Well, they, they had, had four top 40 hits. That doesn't make any sense. Well, what's the story, but, Morning Glory? <laughs> thanks for asking. Yeah, so okay. yeah. when I was in middle school, though, when I was like in mostly fifth, sixth, seventh grade. Uh, there was a radio show on our local hit station called the top nine at nine and they would play the top nine songs. Um, you would, so they could actually yell at us for ripping off their idea. Uh, you would write down all nine songs. You would call in when it's done. As soon as they play the number one song, you call in. And if they answer your call, you read it off and you get like some crappy prize. Well, I did it every single night. So all these songs are like ingrained into my head. That's why I love, um, one hit wonders from the nineties, but I mean, I'll go, I'll skim through this list that I've got, uh, yeah. just a friend by Bismarcky. <laughs> Love um, that right. You remember how do you talk to an angel by the Heights? Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. Um, three little pigs by green jelly. <laughs> Um, yeah, you remember that one? Yes. That video was like claymation. <laughs> oh, I love that um, video. Oh man. Short, short man by 20 fingers. I wish by Skilo. Oh, I love, um, I wish. So Deep Blue Something, a Breakfast at Tiffany's, um, a guy I worked with in Tulsa, his brother wrote that song and was the lead singer of the band. Oh, really? Yeah, that was yeah, a close the guy one. I worked with. That was a close one that a, almost made my list. I love that song. Yeah. Um, the guy I worked with was a drummer, and he wanted to be the rock star, and his brother ended up being um, the, the front man for Deep Blue Something. Um, Cumbersome by Seven Mary Three, Counting Blue Cars by Dishwalla. You remember standing outside a broken phone booth with money in my hand by the primitive radio gods? Very no, not really. <laughs> yeah, you would if you heard it. Yeah. You would if you heard it. Right. Um, I mean, Tonic. You you name the Verve, Marcy's Playground, uh, Sean Mullins, Eagle Eye Cherry, the uh, Citizen King, Len with Steal My Sunshine. There was one song though that made me laugh. I listened to it a couple times today. Do you remember? The, for the graduating class of 1999, everybody's oh. free to wear sunscreen. You remember that song? Yeah, yeah, I remember that one. So, yeah, what do you got? All right, well, that, those are some good ones. I had some of those as well. Um, Butterfly by Crazy Town. Um, oh yeah. Blue by Eiffel 65. Oh wow, she's, yeah. She's so high by Tal Bachman. Um, Feel my one. sunshine. We used to mention uh, "Whoop." There it is by Tag Team. <laughs> Ooh. And I uh, loved "Save Tonight" was my number six by Eagle Eye Cherry. I love that song. That was a hard one to leave off. Um, "Baby Got Back." Uh, yeah. "I'll Be There for You" by the Rembrandts. Oh my God! Look at the traction oh, they got yeah. with that freaking song. 
um, Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba. <laughs> Shut up. Yep. A Runaway Train by Soul Asylum. Soul Asylum. Uh, Here Comes the Hot Stepper. Yanni <laughs> uh, Kamozi. Yanni Kamozi, yep. Um, uh, Jump by Criss Cross. Uh, What's Up by Four Non Blondes. Virtual Insanity by Jamiroquai. Uh, that mm-mm-mm song by Crash Test Dummies. Crash Test Dummies, uh, yeah. Unbelievable by EMF. And, uh, and, uh, and that's it. That's I think I mentioned the last image yet. So yeah, well, there's tons I of. I think them. Uh, I think the number one one-hit wonder of the '90s that isn't going to make either one of our lists probably is going to be uh, "No Rain" by Blind Melon. Oh, frick! Screw them! <laughs> I got wow. just so sick of that song after a while. I know, but you said four non-blondes, so I'm going to say I, Blind Melon. I don't like that one though. I, I, that didn't make my list. Okay. Anyway, what's not fight? Anyway, uh, <laughs> but no. Before we get to our number ones, I was saying, there's so so many, and I, and um, I was with my brothers and my dad this weekend, and um, they're you know they're asking me, well, what's your topic and I, you know, for the show? And I told them, and like, oh, there's so many. You know, my brothers are older than me, and they're big '80s fans. And like, oh, there's so many '90s one-hit wonders. I'm like, dude, I looked up every decade, and there's one hit, like a shit ton of one-hit wonders for every decade. <laughs> Like there's yeah. and then even my dad goes, "Hey, that's all it was in the '60s." Like he started naming all these songs, <laughs> so that's kind of funny. But yeah, there's. I mean, it's just the list can go on and on. So these are just some of our favorites, you know. But yes, all right, Jim. Well, what's what's your number one? My number one. It'd be amazing if you had the same one because I was really happy about this song. Is uh, Mark Cohn walking in Memphis? I'm mad. I I forgot. I love this song. <laughs> It's an amazing song. This is a one-hit wonder? He didn't have any other songs. Nope. Love this song. I put this song in one of my movies I made in uh, in college. God, I love this song. All right, go ahead. It's such a good song. It hit number 13 on the charts. Um, So Cone himself was born in 1959 in Cleveland, Ohio. Oh. Yeah, he lived in a town called Beachwood, which is um, an east side suburb. He went to Oberlin College, which is an Ohio college, taught himself to play piano. He transferred to UCLA and started playing in coffee houses. In 89, he was the backup pianist for Tracy Chapman. And then he released Give me one his reason to stay here. Okay, sorry. <laughs> then he, uh, he released his uh, solo self-titled debut in 91. Um, the album was very successful thanks to Walking in Memphis which was nominated for Song of the Year, Best Pop Vocal, at and Best Pop Vocal at 34th Annual Grammys. Um, the album was certified gold in February 92 and platinum in 96. Um, Cone himself said the song is 100% autobiographical. He described it as a song about a Jewish gospel music lover. And as um, and as a pretty literal transcription of a visit that he made in 1986, uh, he says, "quote I went to Graceland. I heard Al Green preach the gospel. I saw W. C. Handy's statue, which is um, W. C. Handy is known as like the father of blues. Uh, but the, and he mentions that in that song, he he says a line about W. C. Handy. Uh, but the song is about more than just a place. It's about a kind of spiritual awakening. One of those trips." where you're different when you leave. It reflects Cone's experience as a Jew who feels the gospel spirit of Memphis. And uh, the song um, was his only top 40 hit. And 
Cher covered it in 95 and it hit 11 on the charge, which is two slots higher than it did when he did the song. I, but it's Cher, so what are you going to do? Right. Oh, such a great song. This is I'm, it's I'm, a fantastic song. I, it's funny. Like, I was looking up lists and this I wasn't seeing this one. because I, so I, I mean, not that I... It didn't trigger my memory because I, mean, I thought, well, he must have had more. He's such a good, oh, he's so good. He's such a good singer. Yeah, I mean, it just makes you feel like you're in Memphis. I mean, it's just such a great song. I mean, it's it's one of the best songs of the 90s, I feel. One of them because there's such great music throughout the course of the 90s. But it's up there in the list of great songs from that decade. And it was a one-hit wonder. Did you ever walk in Memphis, Jim? I have walked in Memphis, yeah. So have I. Did you ever hum this song to yourself as you're walking down the street, down Beale uh, Street? No, we <laughs> we we parked in a back alley behind Rendezvous Barbecue, ate, and then thought we were going to get jumped. Oh, that's I, pretty much my extent of Memphis. Well, you parked in that back alley because that's how you get into Rendezvous Barbecue. Yeah, that's by how you have way. to get in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, and by the way, anyone who goes to Memphis, there's two things: you go to Beale Street and hang out for a little bit, and you go to Rendezvous Barbecue. Um, and that's uh, not to say that's about it, but uh, just be careful. It's a little rough around the <laughs> everywhere else. But uh, oh man, I love Rendezvous Barbecue. Good, good pick. We uh, we stopped there on our way to meet you in Nashville. Actually, you and Paul. Oh, there you go. There you yeah. go. Well, that's why they they saw you guys and they're like, oh, here's some easy targets. So, <laughs> so. oh, good. Okay. Well, my number one, Jim. Mine, I believe, I feel is a little more on the nose as a one-hit wonder but i'm gonna go with it anyway and it might not be the one you're thinking of but mine actually came out in 1998 and it is closing time by semi-sonic oh yeah okay uh i love this song i know people it's like very lame it's like every time you're at a bar and it's closing this is the song they play and actually that's why they wrote this song is to have like like it's like that if you listen to the song it's that the bar is closing and all that stuff. And that's what this song is about. Um, anyway, this was on their, uh, album feel, uh, feeling strangely fine. It's their sing- signature song. Of course, uh, it was written by Dan Wilson and produced by Nick Lowney. It was nominated for a Grammy in 1999 for best rock song and did not win, but it reached number one on the modern rock tracks on billboard. And then, uh, this, uh, the song that, like I said, it's about people leaving a bar at closing time. Very simple. Um, <laughs> Jacob uh, Slitcher uh, in the from the band also indicated that the song was written by Wilson, um, uh, Dan Wilson of the band, in anticipation of fatherhood. Uh, he was about to have a baby, his, his, his girlfriend at the time, and uh, so it was about being sent forth from the womb as a as if a, by a bouncer clearing you out of a bar. So that's kind of interesting when you think of it that way. Yeah, I know. Uh, prior to closing time, though, Semisonic would usually end their concerts with the song If I Run. However, the band was eventually growing tired of playing the song every night, so Wilson set out to write a new song that they could play at the end of their set. Well, it's obviously one perfect. Um, and uh, this uh, has been featured in many, many shows and stuff like that. Uh, um, in an article about the song's oddly enduring legacy, it is and it's used to punctuate comedic scenes. Songwriter Dan Wilson believed that the song had become, quote, shorthand for that interesting feeling when you realize someone very different from you shares your cultural background. And that is, is, um, and that is a song many people know, but no one, not everyone likes. Uh, my favorite pop culture thing from this song that this is in <laughs> was in season eight of The Office. The, t- <laughs> the, 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 uh, the episode's called Doomsday, 
It is revealed that new manager Andy Bernard ends <laughs> ends every workday by leading the office in singing "Closing Time," while no one <laughs> while no one in the office particularly likes the song, especially uh, but except for Stanley, the guy who hates everything, the guy that sits in the back, admits his joy of hearing Andy sing it solely uh, because it relates to the end of the workday. That's the only reason he likes hearing it. <laughs> um, but in the Dan Wilson, the writer of the song, feels its usage of the show was enjoyable. I mean, to, really, that's all you can say? That I mean, you hit it big time when that shows you. Isn't it? Uh, the Milwaukee <laughs> Brewers baseball team played the song at the end of the every game. Uh, this song was actually also featured in the movie uh, American Reunion. And it, on the Hot 100 of Billboard, it reached uh, 11. Like I said, it reached number one for modern rock tracks. And, uh, yeah, this song is everywhere. And I like, the, I like this song. I know it's... Maybe it's overplayed, but it's it's a perfect song. It's a great ending to the evening song. So, yeah, I mean it's a great song, and it sort of along with um, you know like counting blue cars and a couple other ones. It's kind of the iconic one hit wonder of the nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, good stuff, Jim. I, I enjoyed this list. This was fun. That was good. Most of these are already on our Spotify playlist out there. Well, perfect, perfect. Well, yeah. So make sure to check out our Spotify list. Um, hey, Jim, Jim, I'm a little tired. Yes, sir. I'm a little tired. You, you know, you don't look it. You look fantastic. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So, mm-hmm. but we are going to take a break. We are gonna not going to not have a show next week. Are you okay with that? We talked about this. I'm, gonna you remember? Mi- I'm, I'm just going to miss you. <laughs> I'm going to miss him. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, so we're going to take a break. Uh, so people go out and listen to uh go back and listen to some of our other shows there's some other great podcasts out there too you listen to um but uh yeah we're gonna take a little break and we'll be back in two weeks and we haven't figured out our topic yet but we want our fans or anyone to uh throw some suggestions on our twitter which is at uh, tom and jim's top five on facebook and or you can email us at um Tom and Jim Top Five at gmail.com or um send us a fun picture on instagram there you go. You can do that, or in uh, so you can follow us on there. Um, but yeah, I want to know what uh, some suggestions come firing our way. We already got a couple. I know I got. I didn't mention them here because I'm gonna. I want to throw them your way first. But um, so then we'll come back in two weeks with a brand new show. Is that cool with you, Jim? Perfect. Are you sure? Yes. All right. Okay. Well, I I've had enough. <laughs> yeah. How about you? Have you had enough? No, no, I can no? keep going. What do you want to talk about? No, I'm good. Let's go. <laughs> you know what this is called, Jim? This is called a Minnesota goodbye. You say goodbye this for about called... 45 minutes. It's <laughs> <laughs> called Tom just keeps stretching the show out for 15 minutes I'm longer. I'm trying than to get, uh, yeah, I'm watching the time. I'm trying to get to a certain time. No, I'm kidding. Okay, yeah, let's go. Uh, thank you to everyone. Oh, wait. See, I do this every time. Oh, I do oh, this every time. Oh. Uh, we had to mention, we had one other. Oh, I forgot to mention our nice uh, iTunes uh, review from Tony. Uh, a mu- it's titled a must for is fi- five stars a must for any 80s slash 90s kid if you grew up in either of these eras just listen to this it's worth your time thank you tony i, I well agree. i hope i hope tony stuck through to the end of the show to hear his shout out i hope he did too i hope he did too uh oh our buddy zach who always likes to send his top fives he sent some top fives in and uh he got baby got back on here gonna make you sweat by the cnc music factory <laughs> Wow. I had that tape. Um, the Humpty Dance by Digital Underground. Um, yeah. Now that Which, we found... Uh, Tupac was a backup dancer for. There you go. Now that we found Love by Heavy D and the Boys. And he had Ice Ice Baby on here. 
And then he says, don't give me this Vanilla Ice had the Ninja Turtles theme from Turtles 2 crap. He's a one-hit wonder. (laughs) (laughs) And then he has honorable mentions, Feel the Vibrations. Oh, you son of a bitch. By Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Oh, he says, Tom, don't hate me for that. (laughs) I do. Uh, Pop Goes the Weasel by Third Base. And I'm the one who wants to be with you by Mr. Big. Oh, and he had Informer. Oh, my uh, God. I forgot about Mr. Big. That was one, oh, that's one of my favorite songs of all time. I don't know how I didn't even I didn't get that. <laughs> well, thank I you, Zach. Your list is totally wrong. No, I'm kidding. Um, so thank you for that, Jim. I'm going to call you back in five minutes. I can't wait that long. <laughs> Just stay on the foot. Don't go. Don't go. What is love, baby? Don't hurt me. Don't hurt me no more. Don't hurt me, don't hurt me, no more.